Welcome to Blind Shovel, an arts and music podcast. Today I speak with industrial designer Matthew Caulfield. Enjoy. What's up? Is that better? Yep. Awesome. Are you mic'd up or no? I'm mic'd up. I think you're good. All right, sweet. So what's going on? Oh, not too much. It's good to good to hear your voice. Same. It's been a long time. It has. You are in New York City. That's right. I'm in the Bronx. Has that been true ever since you are in Philadelphia? Um, we first landed in Brooklyn near Pratt. So my wife could go to school there. Okay. So we were in Bed-Stuy and then Queens. And now, uh, yeah, now we're up in the Bronx. And remind me, you went to school for what? Uh, just fine. Uh, just studio art. I was actually in the crafts department at UArts. But, right, uh, right, right. But you kind of didn't make yeah. very crafts like work, if I recall. Right. Yeah. What did you make? Remind me. Uh, kind of sculpture, I would say. Functional or non? Non-functional, yeah. But now I yeah. see this this wallet that you designed that Logan. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Gave me this is this is a this is going to be an hour long advertisement for the Peeler wallet. <laughs> That's what I was so, hoping. <laughs> so um, I've given them out to many people. I will give you the feedback after this. Oh really? Yeah yeah yeah. Okay awesome. So how did this happen? Um, I, when I, when I moved to Brooklyn, I was commuting to, um, to work in Chelsea by bike. And I was also still heavily into skating. And, uh, and I was, I don't know what happened to my wallet. It was, it was just like too, too big. So I was just looking for a way to just keep a couple cards. So I, I stole an eyeglasses case from, from my wife and shoved everything in there, cut it, cut it in half and shoved it in there. And I was like, this is kind of nice. And, uh, but it didn't hold cash. So I just like got designing and, um, started making them out of leather. Um, and that was actually a really cool pattern. And I was giving those out to like really close family, couple friends and people loved them and held on to them until they were like really unusable. And they'd How ask long me for ago more. Was this? This was actually a long time ago, like eight, nine years ago. And yeah. you have no formal training in this kind of thing. Is that accurate? Like you just saw yeah, no, a not. need and you created yeah, just a for myself. Just, yeah, just for myself. Totally just for myself. So and what was uh, the transition to trying to make it a legitimate product? So what it was, I was just getting frustrated because I had like one of my best friends was like, hey, can I get like three of those? I'm thinking about giving them out as Christmas gifts. Like how much? And I was like doing the math. I was like, uh, <laughs> <this> $300. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 It was like, like make this sustainable. <clears throat> and it was actually really fun. I was really trying to go down a route that felt cool with the leather. I was like, uh, you know, trying to build the whole backstory of the brand. So I'd like go get goat skin that was vegetable tanned in the Hudson Valley locally and all this stuff. And, uh, 
and I got a little press to help punch the holes and everything. So I was kind of thinking about doing the leather route. And, uh, yeah, but when I told people the price, it was kind of like got scoffs. So I was like, uh, I always had this in the back of my head. Like if I could figure out a way to like mold this and, um, my work slowed down with, uh, with all the COVID shutdown. So I, I learned 3d modeling program. I learned, um, fusion mm -hmm. and, uh, and made a, a rendering of the form and then got it sent out. Would you be opposed to putting that history on the website and showing images of the prototypes and stuff? Um, I kind of find mm, that kind of interesting. Um, I'm not totally opposed. No, no. I kind of like that, that journey because, you know, you're kind of starting off real granola with it and then you end up at, <laughs> I guess I, I like, because having you know started to build more functional things, you enter yeah. in with these ideals and you have certain value sets that are kind of personal. And yeah. then it kind of clashes with who you know and the amount of money they have. Like I don't know super wealthy people. I know middle class people mostly. Yeah. And and so that resonates for me, like being like, oh yeah, this is like a three hundred, four hundred dollars. Yeah, also, like we're skating. It wasn't like. So sure. Joey, it wasn't to be like having a nice handcrafted leather wallet. Originally, it was just like a step up from a rubber band. That's like kind of, or a plastic bag. That's kind of what I was going for. Right. And so you, but you end up with, it was silicone. Yeah. It's silicone. Yeah. Which I'm pretty excited about as a material. I think it's pretty, still pretty within my, uh, why? Like, what is uh, ideals? About it. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, this is nothing that I've done research on, but from what I just like Google uh, and can see on the internet, it's it's pretty ocean neutral. So it's not a plastic. It's uh, it's basically made. It's derived from sand. So the process is is not it, it's not um, environmentally neutral because you take so much heat to to create the silicone, but then it doesn't degrade like and leach and become microplastics like like a lot of uh things mm. so it it can pass that's why a lot of like baby food utensils and things are being made out of it um it's uh it's very neutral like you can eat it any ocean life can eat it it will just pass through so but it doesn't break down people are like is it compostable no absolutely not it lasts okay. yeah yeah really long time <laughs> and you got it down to a very reasonable price point uh yeah 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 and what would that, is that 20 bucks? I have it on the website for 20 bucks now. Yeah. And was there, was that where you always had to that or did you have to, I don't know, was there like volume issues? Did you have it at a higher price point before you started getting no, it no. going? It's, it's, uh, it's still pretty, at least it feels recent. Like I'm giving it as much time as I can, but it's like here and there. So it's, uh, feels like it's moving kind of quick, but I guess it's, the website's been up since the end of summer yeah, and we're still in the fall. So <laughs> that was the first price that I put online. So it's still there. Where is it manufactured? In China, in China. Where's that? No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no, I mean, this is a reality that has to be faced when you're trying to make a product based on efficiency, you know, Absolutely. like this. And that's an interesting shift, you know, as well that, 
so I like to talk about this dichotomy of efficiency models versus innovative models. And yep. the way you can tell the difference is innovative models, the person cares about where it comes from, uh, as opposed to like an efficiency model where it's just who can do this the cheapest. And like you were starting off with this very intimate process, very personal, and then to get into more hands, you you often have to shift to a completely different model. And yeah, you have to grapple with, am I okay with making it in China, et cetera? These aren't easy answers, um, but these are the realities of actually doing something. And I love doing things because it humbles you and removes Extremely. that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like people who have opinions usually don't do much, I find. And because <laughs> they, first of all, people have way too many opinions in general, but they don't like to judge someone running a business and the waste that comes from it is very easy when you haven't run that business. Even having run one business, it doesn't tell you much about running another business. Totally. And I do certainly think past businesses were neglectful of the environment in many ways, especially car companies. But having, you know, running a wood shop, like, man, it is a real challenge to maintain efficiency, not have a super cluttered space, and not have waste. It's a, it's a very interesting challenge. Absolutely. Is that something that you were, you've been doing? Yeah, but we can. Oh, we, I don't want to go too deep into that. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, um, Very cool. Because this is about you and the peeler. <laughs> do you? Does it inspire you to do more things like this, or, or are you kind of absolutely? Just and actually, I'm yeah. trying to figure out a way to get back into the, the innovative model of it. Like I think there's still plenty of opportunity. Like I can imagine, tons of ways. Like if the manufacturing was on short here and close by, like I want to be there for the process when they're putting the colors in or putting different additives in, um, just that. So alone, you, you want to grow your intimacy with the peeler. You don't want to make more yeah. peelers. You want to double down the peeler. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, well, it's just a, all, um, practical parameters too. It's like, you know, each developing a new mold is, is a ex big expense. Yeah um for me at this point so yeah it's dealing with colors and printing and these kind of things are it's very uh approachable so like yeah there's ideas about uh, my wife is from hong kong and um my in-laws my son's grandparents are still out there in hong kong so we can go visit them and stay there and then i, I just uh fantasize about going to visit the factory and and seeing if they'll give me some time to uh yeah to play with those kind of things so I guess that's bringing some of the innovative side of it back in. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you don't have like this, it's, it's interesting. You have the, you're committed to the peeler. You don't want to make more peelers or more or solve different problems. You really want to focus mm. on this one problem. Oh yeah. Cause and, I'm still learning. Um, yeah. The, the challenge was posed to, to my wife and I, like her parents have, have a manufacturing background and they're, have experience in knowing people that are trying to sell things and they're like, okay, you made it. That's the easy part. Now you got to sell it. So we're still trying to figure out that, <laughs> that part yeah, of the man. business, which is fascinating and so, uh, endless learning to be done. It seems yeah. like doing sales um, and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. That's my Achilles heel is promotion. <laughs> it's just too intangible for me. It's just like, 
it's all right. just kind of washes away but making real things i mean i know over time they wash away but uh yeah that's my achilles heel as well it's just how do you get it out there in the sea of oversaturated nonsense that is just like material reality at this point yeah so it definitely it feels like i'm pushing myself into aspects that i n- never came naturally to me just yeah like cold yeah. face-to-face interactions with people that have stores and uh you know what's their reaction to it because i can say my reaction was initially oh this price point is very convincing for you know these kind of i don't know what to call it besides like the new era of wallets which seem to have emerged with like early podcasting with like the ridge wallet and yeah. this idea this idea of having like a smaller wallet as opposed to like a george costanza wallet exactly. and um <laughs> What I want to get the rights to that. <laughs> I want to get the rights to that. I'd be, I'd be great. <laughs> what, what do people tend to say? When they um, see it? Oh, for, at stores. Yeah. They, so I've approached some skate shops and bike shops and I am, they are very receptive and a lot of people use it themselves. And I still, to be honest, I have to like loop back with some of these places and see what the deal is like if they've given it any more thought, but, uh, but yeah, nobody's really bit like, Oh, we could definitely sell this or, um, I just, it's a numbers game. I just have to do it more and more. And that's part of, yeah, what I'm saying. It's just like forcing me to, to do that. And it's cool because I think a lot of the, like how you were saying, it's all ephemeral, like all this social media and Google ads and stuff gives you like, it gamifies everything in a way that can be fun and keep you going but it does, it, it does feel like a little, like a empty. Um, yeah. Amounting to nothing. <laughs> sometimes. I think by definition, when you gamify, you increase efficiency and you increase emptiness. Cause it's just like, yeah. it's, it's just, I don't know. It, it kind of drains the thing of any type of spontaneity in some weird way. Yeah. But it, totally. And that's what I love about just going into the stores and see, you know, which one of the people are there. Is it the manager? Is it the owner? Is it somebody working at the register and just, just get all different opinions and, and, uh, and just this, this venture has just made me super appreciative and, uh, admire anybody that has any kind of business that they started. So I'm just psyched to learn and, <laughs> and, uh, that's what I, I need to understand, like what, how, how to be approaching these shops. I'm still totally new to. Yeah what to tell them i mean inventing Uh, something is wild yeah it's inventing things that actually change the world is even more insane but it's also just these little things like uh and they always start with these little needs that you have yeah it's very uh i've i don't i've never invented a thing like that but i mean do you look at another wallet and see I mean, surely you must have looked around at other wallets at that time and said, Oh, that's, that's absolutely kind of part of the story is like, I was like, I don't, this is not my, I, I was like, refused to have it be my calling. <laughs> it's like, sure. I just want to buy it, please. Like I still, to this point, I'm like, please, I'm going to go on Amazon and it's going to be there. And I'm going to say like, 
Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> oh, because you want to reject the call. In a yeah, sense. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've just been yeah, rejecting yeah. the call like the entire time. Like, and that's, uh, that's kind of what I have to go on. It's like, nobody is doing it. Nobody's doing it. And uh, what's so, the name all about? Uh, it's a, it's a term that I, um, this guy I work with, he goes surfing in Cape Cod where it's, you know, not the best waves, but him and his son will get super psyched and, and uh, he calls calls the waves there peelers, which I think oh, is that's interesting. Not my brother term. surfs. Yeah. No, no, my brother surfs, and that's exactly what he uh, <laughs> alluded to. And obviously, oh, yeah. the lo- the logo alludes to that, right? Yeah, so small, perfect, and but it's a wave as opposed to a wallet. And these three colors you landed on. Can you talk about that process? Yeah. So one downside of silicone without any kind of chemical treatments on the surface is that it it's static. So it will attract some dust and, uh, keeping a lighter, kind of a lighter tone as, as opposed to black, it, mm. uh, it just disguises the dust, which can, I mean, uh, but the plus side is it just wipes off super easy. If you just get like a wet paper towel or, or whatever. So you can explore colors on the lighter side, but you're not fixed in those, those three particular colors you have, which are like oh, yeah, coral, nah. moss and gray. I don't know if that's accurate, but gray. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We call them apricot, sage, and uh, oh. we call them apricot, sage. <laughs> I got a, oh, my wife's going to remind me to pick up uh, my son here. <laughs> you got it. You already know. <laughs> yeah, we're good. So you have a son. Um, yes. That's not a minor detail. No. And do you think, was the, so the peeler was invented before him? It was. Interesting. It was. Did they he, ramped up, they ramped up yeah, around yeah, the yeah. same time. Yeah. Okay. Did it, yeah. Did he inspire you to kind of enter into society in a more practical way like that? Um, no, but inspired me to really dream about, you know, what this might be able to turn into. Hmm. Um, why is that? Yeah. Just like more motivation to just be more financially independent and that kind of thing and flexible with my own time and setting my own schedule. It's like, uh, it seems even more valuable now. So it's more motivation. Because up until now and and still currently, you make money via being a sound engineer. Is that yes. correct? Yep. And you've been doing that for like a decade or so. Yeah, exactly. But what is that? What is, that's for film and TV. Yeah, so I do sound recording on set, dial, mostly dialogue recording. But how did you end up there, coming from uh, that prior background we discussed? I was blessed with a mentor. Is it? Is it? Does this involve that film Logan was in? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is that Ed? I mean, yeah, Ed, uh, no, Ed, um, uh, invited me to work on that, that film, but yeah, it's kind of related. I worked on that as I was getting started, but no, uh, Ed wasn't my mentor for sound. Okay. Okay. But this isn't, I mean, I like always describing how people get to where they are now yeah and it sounded like you were interested in sculpture in a very literal way physical yeah. and then you kind of had an odd job that involved sound engineering yep is that is that fair and then did you move to new york and then you found your mentor oh um no moving to new york is what allowed me to meet um meet my mentor in sound so i was okay, really yeah. just, i was like temping for a while when i got here that was great and uh 
got what to is see that? all different like what's, what's I was temp? just like a, I signed up with a temp agency and they send me on different jobs. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. freelance, but all uh, related to sound or no, no. It was like it was one of my jobs was checking tickets at a back stairwell on the Intrepid, which is like a big uh um big uh um the boat where they land planes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's a museum now. So I was checking to, I was like in a steel stairwell in the back of the boat where nobody comes in, but I was supposed to like catch people sneaking in. So I was just sitting nice. in a stairwell all day. And then, uh, I was organizing seamless orders at Goldman Sachs. Cause okay. I get a huge rush of dinner orders. <laughs> yeah. So Goldman Sachs. Like yeah. yeah. And do you feel that in some ways, does the peeler endeavor kind of allow yourself to embody your best characteristics more than the sound engineer thing? Or do you think they you'll keep them in tandem even if the peeler succeeds? I'd love to keep them in tandem for as long as possible, yeah. So you enjoy the sound engineering? Definitely, yeah. Because, yeah, it's fun to be part of a crew and and uh, I'm still partners with my mentor and I like, uh, yeah, I value that, that relationship. We have other people that work with us too. And, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. We get to see all kinds of cool stuff, access to different yeah people and locations. And it's pretty, it's pretty fun. And but no, but no financial or time freedom really. Yeah. That's the tough part. Yeah. And do you feel that going to art school was ultimately necessary or a good use of time? Um, good use of time. I mean, it's a tough I question. No, so. I think yeah, so. I mean, I don't know if I'd give like a, just for me personally, it's just totally personal. Yeah. Sure, I, I sure. thought it was great. Yeah. I, I think be, I asked because, well, you have a good temperament, you know, it seems to me that you generally have a good time. Um, but cause like I have a lot to say about art school, which is the <laughs> negative side, but yeah. the only reason I ask is sometimes people's careers evolve in a very lo logical way, you know, right. they study the thing and then they are the thing and then they die. But yours, it seems to be a little more circuitous and almost has no relationship to what you studied in school. I could be wrong though. Absolutely. Hmm. So do you yearn for the days of sculpture or is the peeler, is that enough? Is that moment of designing infusion and then kind of honing the process, does that evoke that prior uh, study? It's, hmm. Yeah, I think I was, yeah, it's, when I was more focused on art, I was definitely running into the issue where I was just like, feel, felt like I was forcing, needing something to say. <laughs> yeah so sure I, sure i just yeah, let, I, I, yeah, let yeah. that go and just was like i gotta and then the, I, the inspiration that would come to me was more like these like yeah more i guess industrial and like practical human concerns yeah yeah th those are more of the ideas that started coming to me naturally and, for me uh, this is um maybe consistent with all the skater kids of college there was kind yeah. of real quote unquote realness about where they were approaching art from that didn't suit academia very well often <laughs> but it's like this gateway into 
making and, and autonomy and control, it seems, skateboarding. I have no relationship yeah, to skateboarding aesthetic. at all. Yeah, yeah but like photography, film, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they always see it. It's a little more physical, a little more embodied. I don't think they always see it from this perspective of, oh, I have this great thing to tell you about or this opinion or this, uh, I need to express this um, emotion. It, right. it always seemed more grounded and, and practical, which I respect. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And so you still skate? Uh, whenever I can. I, I, it's a battle to get the time. But yeah, right, you have a child. Go, yeah, it's yeah, it's my favorite form of uh, like activity. So can you speak to what it's like to have a child and trying to pursue these creative things? Um, it's yeah, for me, it's great. He's a great guy. He's a great little, <laughs> great little dude. He's making yeah, he's a good, he's a good dude. He makes it pretty easy, I think. I think I'm pretty That's good, man. Yeah, that way, and uh, and yeah, it just focuses everything. <laughs> That's I sure. can imagine. Yeah, it does everything. <laughs> it just sharpens your senses. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh that's something else I wanted to say about finding peeler was um when focusing on art it was kind of like I was just jumping from skill to skill and like thinking maybe one of these things was going to like be the spark that told me what I needed to express or I was just learning tool after tool after tool. And it was awesome to land on an idea that the idea was there. And then I just, I knew what tools I needed to learn to achieve it. Even though at the beginning, like there was a like five year gap where I was like, ah, I can't learn a 3d modeling. I don't have time to learn a 3d modeling program. And also the programs have just gotten so much easier. I, right. I think, yeah. Like from and so COVID, like, COVID afforded you the time to kind of exactly, focus on yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, just, to be honest, I was like, wow, these tools are so intuitive now. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. Not hard at all. Yeah. So, Do you see the second iteration of the peeler? Do you understand where you need to take it? I think to the obvious, yeah, there is one obvious next step that requires another mold and that's going to be less cards. A less space, cards. Yeah, like a space that actually holds less cards, like four or less. Hmm. Yeah. Right, because the, the you can't really have less cards and they all jump away. They all fall away. They, yeah, they feel like they're loose inside, yeah. They'll still stay pretty contained, but uh, yeah, it feels more secure if you have the, the void where the cards go totally full. Do you have any prior, like in your lifetime? Yeah. How many wallets have you had? Good question. I think um, it was two before I started biking to work every day. And then it was probably two iterations before I landed on the final leather um, version. And then went through a bunch of those with just different colors and stuff. And, uh, and then there was, I think, five... It took five um, prototypes of this ver this uh, silicone version, and I would use those too. So, so it's been uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just got me reminiscing about all the wallets I've had. Yeah, 
I had a Misfits chain wallet that someone stole in high school in gym class. That's what the chain's for. How'd they, how'd they pull that off? <laughs> I was in, it was in my locker. I wasn't attached to it. <laughs> no, but they become very intimate things. And, um, I always resented paying money for wallets because it's like such a, there's something oxymoronic about it, you know? Uh-huh. You should be putting money in it, not yeah, like spending an money kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but it brings me, as we talk, it, it makes me think some of the people I talk to, yeah. they have very obvious or clear identities because they just do one thing. Maybe they paint and they're a painter. Yeah. And they think of themselves in that light. You know, they wake up and they, no, I'm a painter, uh, et cetera. From your perspective, I mean, throughout your whole life, even as a young child, what is the identity you latch onto most? Are, do you, are you an artist? Are you a designer? Are you... That's a good question. Somebody asked you on the street, what do you okay. do? Are you a sound engineer? Yeah, sound mixer. But is that really encapsulating? That's definitely not my identity, no. Because you're a biker, you're a skater. Like if if there's something, um, I don't know, I ask because I do think these categorical distinctions affect the way we proceed. I I think I I actually, that is something I roll around in my head every once in a while because when people ask me where I'm from, I don't even have a clear answer to that. Where are you from? What I tell people is uh, I was born in Baltimore. A lot of my family roots are there. And then I was in high school in Westchester, New York. And, and why is that? Why is that not true? Or why is that? Because uh, uh, I'm, I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm from there. It just, I think they go, because I'm I, between there, I lived in North Carolina, Pennsylvania. And like, I don't know the roads in Maryland, but that's kind of like where all my folk are. Mm-hmm. That's who I like mm-hmm. get along with. Um, that's like my grandparents' houses where the home I would go back to the most. But like as a young child, what, what were you? Did you, I wanted to be a ninja, which is awesome because that's like kind of my persona as a sound mixer. I think I'm like (laughs) people, people have many times people have said like, dude, you're like a ninja. You just kind of like sneak around and get it, get it done. And I'm just like, dude, that's awesome. (laughs) That's like, (laughs) that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, the wallet... growing up, they, they got me into skateboarding, yeah. I think. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I could be a ninja yeah. as a thing. And uh, My guess is half the people interviewed on this podcast <laughs> are deep, deeply influenced by the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> you know, talk about an idea pulled from the ether that just doesn't make any sense why it's so, <laughs> so gripping. But I think the movie, I got to go back and the watch. World. I got to go back and watch the live action movie because... It's great. I think it starts with somebody stealing a wallet. Does it? I think so. I think that's like the first sequence. Is like the I don't even know what that character is, but he's just. It's like, just a concise metaphor of New York City life. Is that what it's trying to do? <laughs> yeah, and it's like this pickpocket, and they pass it. They like pass it from one person to the other. It ends up in this, and he's the guy with the hockey stick, I think, and the face mask. Casey, Casey there you go. Yeah. yeah. Casey that Jones, something that introduces him. I could be totally wrong. That's how I remember it. And then they have. Their- well, that just threw me off on a tangent. Oh, so she were a ninja child, and um, I mean, the wallet could. I think a ninja could have that wallet. Well, I think it's interesting. Quiet. Like, was that opening scene so deeply embedded in my subconscious that I was just like continually attracted to? I just got pulled back to wallets somehow. 
<laughs> so I'm not going there. I don't, I don't freaking me out lately. <laughs> it sounds like uh, I'm like I have the ninja way. part done, and now I need the wallet part. What the fuck? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, so you've satiated all of your childhood, because um, <laughs> you know there's a kind of a time span to being a skater, and you probably did it already. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. My, my knee hurts. Like, yeah. Your knees are done. And biking, you still do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. What am I missing? About peeler? No, in, in general, what do you think I'm missing? Oh, uh, you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the story, in the whole story, about how how peeler came about. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. People yeah, need absolutely. to absolutely. You got to experience the object. I think so. I don't. Do you have ambitions beyond the peeler? Or is it? Is it really just how to get it out there? No, it's definitely yeah. How to get it out there? It's challenging enough. And your um, wife is also an artist. I don't. know. We didn't establish that you're an artist, but for oh, yeah, the sake so we, of the podcast, we met. We met in Philly, and then uh, yeah. moved to New York together. So she got her master's in industrial design. Oh, okay. And um, and she does. She's in that field. Yep. So that doesn't been, seem like a coincidence. No. <laughs> so I'm so assuming she, had, she she helped in that process a bit? Absolutely. Yeah, and just dealing with the factory and like she's from Hong Kong so dealing with China and all those that all that kind of thing is invaluable. And you both use the wallet or no? We do. Yep. My whole family uses it. Like my brothers, wow. my mom, my dad. Um Yeah, I'm pretty relentless, so <laughs> I hope I hope they are enjoying it, but they say they do. But so, do you feel that you need to express yourself? Do you do side projects that are more of the fine art nature, or is that just a thing that was kind of part of your, you know, schooling in college? Even even in college, expression just didn't happen. It's weird. <laughs> it's like it's there's like a desire to get weird to like just just see how what feels to me how weird i can go it's just like other people look at it and not think it's weird at all but i'm just like trying to go you know just keep going weird and see if i still like it still well, like the end product is still something that i like whatever that means it's also very hard to quantify but so i always have that's it's been a great outlet for that like creating content and and like you said just like an outlet of stop like having opinions about what other people are doing. I was like getting really sick of that and feeling like I didn't have an outlet for just going for it myself and having control. So, but how do you get weird now? Like the, the peeler is not very weird. No, sure. no, not at all. But the content. So the content, what, is, can, what content? Oh, just the Instagram account and the website. It's still a lot of work to do. And mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that I push the weirdness of it, it, doesn't end up making sense, <laughs> but it's still, I still get that outlet. Huh? So you want to get weird? Yeah. Yeah. You, so you, like don't strike, first, you don't strike me only, as weird. Are you weird? Uh, you don't strike me as uh, weird. Maybe. I don't know. We're all weird. I think so. No, 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 no. There's a lot of people who aren't weird. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but like the only real on the account is that's, that's where I want to go it's like the only video content mm -hmm. and um it's like where the peelers all squished up 
it like it looks like it's like a sea urchin that kind of floats through the frame and like squishes and then bounces away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was done with all practical effects, and I want to do more stuff like that. I think that's yeah, that's, that's interesting to me. Is like a lot of people do find satisfaction in in that kind of what would you say? It's like window dressing, or the way I put it is like lighting an object you know like an object is objectively there but then you could light it really poorly and it could look horrible or you could light it really well and it looks beautiful and and that's all advertising is and some people really enjoy kind of playing with that so that's interesting to to hear that's that might be where your creativity ends up is just how you present this object that isn't um particularly strange i mean i do think it is a little um odd in a good way uh-huh. it's a it's an odd i don't know how often you encounter silicone in that context outside of sex toys there's a different context <laughs> but uh <laughs> i thought about doing a campaign like that like which one would you re- prefer like the ridge or this one like if if you were going the sex toy around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you want to get weird with it i think i think that's a play <laughs> which do you want to put in your pocket yeah Okay, so I think I understand. But yeah, that, that's something that's something interesting too. Like, because I fantasize about like the products that I'm more drawn to are just like they're just like uh, uh, simple, like like they exist in like a catalog. They're just like on like a denim blue background. And they're just sitting there. Those that's like the marketing and the brands that I'm attracted to personally, and I was like, I fantasized that that's what this would be. Um, what are some of those brands? I don't think I'm that familiar with this world. Um, they're not brands. That's the problem. <laughs> they're not recognizable brands. So that's why I recognize like, yeah, I need to maybe do a little more of that. Well, like McMaster car. There you go. Like the products in McMaster car. It's like, a, it's just the thing sitting on the most, it's like the most clear photograph of like a thing that you just need to know kind of the dimensions and that kind of, that's what I'm, when I am shopping around, that's what I'm attracted to. Just like a very dry presentation. Yeah. Of totally dry. Yeah. Modern in some ways. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I tried to boil the peeler down to, something that was like reminiscent of that. Um, and then, uh, I, yeah, I fantasize about just presenting it that way. And then like, Oh, the world's going to love it. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> that, well, I mean, it strikes me as, so like, who are your influences? Are your influences artists? Are you inspired by skaters, et cetera? Like what, who really um Sur- are you I would North say surfing stars? surfing cultures really? yeah, yeah. You, so you surf i i paddleboard now that i'm up in the bronx it's like it's a drag to get all the way down to where i can surf um but have you surfed I, yes yes i still surf when i when oh. i can in the sun just in the summer i'm not getting out there in the in the fall or anything now is this like a progression that happens sometimes from skating to surfing? As one I think age? so. I think it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's the that's the world you're interested in. You're not looking. You're not going to MoMA and looking at whatever the hell's going on with MoMA. No. And for this product, 
Yeah, no, it was pretty insular. I wasn't like looking to be like anything. It is like things. It is like other things, but I wasn't looking at other things when I was making it. Well, yeah, in the way it just is, and it is informed by what it serves in the most minimal way possible. Yeah. It's just like what needs to go in it and then put flesh around that that need. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just uh, a, it's a skin over what I needed to carry. Oh, and you can peel skin? Hey, hey, hey. You... <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Well, how can, you know, what do you want people to do about this? You want them to go to the website and buy a bunch of peelers? Oh, you know it. You're going to uh, give them a buy deal? Direct. Buy direct. <laughs> can, um, I get a, can we get a deal? Oh, absolutely. Any deals on here? Yeah, how do, what do we do? I don't know. You got a code? I've never done this, but I feel like as, I got to feel yeah, like yeah. on a podcast. Let's put this together. What's your code? Right. What do you want your, cause oh, I want it to be a code that's, that is on brand for you. Well, I mean, I, blind shovel, blind right? shovel. That's a long code. B BS BS 20 BS 20. Is it 20% off <sighs> too much? No, no, no. I'm thinking <laughs> BS. Um, We're oh, workshopping this about live. Yeah, we, because Let's go BS twenty five. How long does it last? The code? Oh, it, it's uh first hundred first hun first thousand people. Yeah, I don't think I mean we'll get there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> first All right, thousand gonna... people to enter the promo code BS twenty, get twenty percent off That's awesome. store wide at peelerwallet.com. That's amazing. And who is this? Who should buy it? Who, who is this for? This is for, it's really for people that I think are concerned about like not feeling the burden of a wallet. And wow. I think that comes. The burden. Yeah. Like, like if you're going on a jog or walking the dog on a hike or biking or skateboarding, it's, uh, it's, a little more than just like slimming down for style. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, but also and you don't have a lot of money. It's 20. Yeah, bucks. yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And gift. I think it, it makes a good gift. That's true. It's just like a different take on something that people are familiar with. And it's not like, why would I need this? It's kind of an everyday object. That's like, maybe has some interest. So I think, it well, this be has been gift. a very interesting episode in the sense that it is kind of like a promo or an ad for an object, which is the first time I've done this. I'm not getting paid. Can you confirm that? You are not. No. So generously, generosity is, of your heart. Yeah, this is, this awesome. is a, this is a genuine, we know each other, not deeply, but we knew each other. Yeah. And we're just talking about something that Matthew invented. All right. All right. Later. Music by Dory Bavarsky and Mingja Chen. Next up, we have Zach Hazard Valpin. Enjoy your week.